So, um, so I was meditating on the word. I was thinking about, um, actually was thinking about all the different workers that the Bible gives this parable of how some came early morning, some came later in the day, but they all paid the same thing. And as I was just meditating upon that, God gave me a word, and that word was solid peace. I said, okay, God, where are we going to solid peace? So he gave me this scripture. As I was meditating, I said, there's a lot going on in the world today, but there's a lot going on in the church today as well. And God has given us his peace. And he gave me this scripture. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before his presence of, his, of a glory with exceeding joy. And I was thinking, Lord, that, that's a good scripture to end on. Well, and he gave me this. He said, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. That's Revelation 2.10. The other one was Jude 24. And as I was thinking, I said, Lord, that's, that's kind of interesting. You're giving me an ending scripture for the beginning. He said, well, I declare the things from the end to the beginning. I declare those things. I tell you what the ending is going to be. And then I take you back and you walk it out. And then he gave me this, the uh, story of Abraham, how he told Abraham, Everywhere as far as your eyes can see, that's your land. But then he came back and he said, everywhere that the sole of your feet shall shred upon, that's yours. So in this life, we have to work out some things. So God has given me a word uh, this evening. Um, and uh, the next scripture that he gave me was Jude 3. Because, see, we have to fight. It said, that we must contend for the faith. We have to fight for the faith. Amen. We have to fight for the faith. And so as I was sitting there, I was thinking, wow, God, you, you've, you really love us. You've given us an end result before we even start this thing. We know how it's going to end. And he's saying in his word, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy souls prosper. That's the third John and second verse. So as I was uh, meditating and he was telling me about solid peace, the next word was you have to have solid promises before you can have solid peace. So I started looking back through some of the things, some of the visions of the church. And he led me back to 2018. And in 2018 was the year of promise. There were a couple of things that stood out to me in the year of promise. First was obedience. We can't get by that no matter how we want to try. We have to be obedient. And then the next thing was faithfulness. We have to be faithful in that which is of another man. So these two things stood out to me on the uh, vision for 2018. Now, another thing that stood out to me was Pastor uh, Melanie had a, a prophetic word of wisdom for the body. And it said, 
a release of things held up, a flood of blessings. The recent flood was symbolic, symbolic uh, to releasing some of the things in your life that have been held up. Court cases, settlements, business ideas, promotion and raises on your job, restoration in relationships. So I'm seeing this thing, because the Bible says we, uh, there a little, here a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. So I'm, as I'm looking at this, I'm saying, wow, God, those things from 2018 are still working their way out now. Those promises that you have for us. And that we should find peace in your solid promise. We should find a solid peace. So God is laying this thing out for us. Then I, I also was thinking about that parable I spoke of earlier about the workers that came some in the morning, some in the afternoon, some at the daytime. Now, they all did the same job, but, and they were all paid the same thing. But it let me know, no matter when you come into a, a connect to the body, this body, or the body of Christ, you need to put yourself or, or, or submit yourself. Submission is a thing of the heart. You have to submit yourself under the vision of that house. Now, by submitting yourself under the vision of that house, you also need to know what the vision is. And you got to know what have we talked about in the past? What were the visions for, this, for, for the years that you were not there? So we don't go around and try to create another vision or reinvent the wheel. So that helps the vision to be carried forth because you were brought in for such a time as this. So whatever time uh, that you were brought in or whatever time you actually got serious with God, that's your connection. You got to know what was happening when, while God brought me to this place. What solution am I bringing to this aspect of the body? Now, I was reading a book um, called In the Footsteps of a Prophet by Jerry Savelle. And he said this, he said, if it has ministered to you, then preach it. So it has to impact my life before I can preach it. So, so with that said, and he also said, in Matthew uh, 28, 18, let's go there because this is how it ministered to me. It has to impact my life before it can impact yours as I'm preaching this. And in, 20, in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, it says this, and I just want to highlight this part. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. Uh, so the teaching them to observe all things whatsoever, whatsoever I have commanded you. So to me, as I was reading Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you got to have some passion. You got to have some passion, some conviction. And so you're not just saying words to people when you come upon them, that you're actually testifying of what the Lord has done in your life, how he has moved in your life. And then that becomes more real. You have passion to that. So you're not just saying words. Amen. Okay, we got one amen out there. <laughs> All right. 
and one thing that I see as this uh, the time that we're in, we don't need to fear the circumstances. We need to fear God. We need to put our trust in him, and he will fight for us. In 1 Timothy um, 6 and 12, it tells us that we should fight the good fight of faith. So we know there's a fight. We always talk in this ministry, Pastor Keith always says, we got to fight to see. And more times than ever now, with all the confusion and storms that are happening, we should fight to see even more. So the Bible tells us don't be, don't be deceived or, or know what the tricks of the devil are. And his, his, his tricks that he play are three things. Uh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the third one is lust of the flesh. Amen. Lust of the flesh. Hmm? Lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. Yeah. All right? And the Bible says, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in thee. And that's Isaiah 26 and 3. So we have to come to a place, a settlement, if you would, like a building. You build a foundation and you may occupy the building. And in five years, something starts to happen. That foundation starts to settle. And, uh, and buildings, if you know, sometimes cracks show up. But that, that foundation has to be solid in order to hold that building. So it starts to settle down. And the Bible tells us in Job 22 and 21 that we have to learn to be um, familiar with the Lord so we can be at peace. It says, acquaint, acquaint thyself with him. So acquaint means that you're familiar with him. I know what he's going to do. I know uh, what he is thinking. Amen? And I'm going to go back to 2018 here, uh, the year of promise. The aspect of being faithful, being obedient, and being faithful. As I just read through this, I was just looking how God has moved in, in our lives at the church, but also other people's, how you can see that those visions that have been forecast for the body, how they're working out, and you just see them. So that gives you more confidence in God that you see things that are happening. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of those of whose heart is perfect towards him. That's 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. So God is looking for people, for his children to trust in what he's saying. He's looking to and fro saying, oh, is that person going to trust me? Or oh, I can use them. Amen. He's looking for that. But our hearts have to be right. And it tells us that in Psalms 24 and 3. 
And that's one other part of the vision for 2018, that our hearts, we got to know what's in our hearts. We got to know what's in our hearts. And I find in, in, in my personal life, I find that in my personal life that things that I thought was not there or I dealt with a level of it, for instance, pride. Um, I had to deal with pride early on in my, in my uh, salvation, in my walk with the Lord. But I thought, oh, man, I got this thing now. I know I'm not prideful. And then I find there's another level of pride that I have to deal with. So we're constantly, uh, our heart should be pliable. He said he takes out the stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh. So we can be pliable in his hands, that we can have compassion. Believe it or not, at one time I was a cold person. You know, I wasn't going to cry for nothing or anything. And now I find myself, I could look at a scene on TV and it moves me. And I'm just sitting there crying. I was like, oh, Lord. You know, so I, I'm, 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 I'm thankful for that because God takes you to more than what you think you can handle to deep and deeper levels of love uh, that even with my wife, you know, it's like, okay, I, I didn't know I could love somebody like that, you know, where I'm totally like, okay, what you want, <laughs> you know, or trying to do what's best uh, for her and for the family, for the children. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I, have a, I have a stepfather, my natural father, I have a stepfather. And my stepfather really moved my heart because he always classified me and my brothers as them my boys, you know, no step, them my boys. And uh, I always said, man, it, I just admired him for, for, for being like that. And I said, man, I would like one day to have a, 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 a in a sense, a ready-made family, somebody with kids, you know. And I find myself in that situation and just just going through Everything I see, man, it, it takes a lot, you know, because this is somebody that, that's not coming from your loins, but at the same time, you, you, you do for him, you love him, you care for him just like your own. And so that aspect is, uh, is definitely a growth in me. I mean, that's, that's huge. But I saw it in him first, and I wanted uh, to, to, to experience that. I was like, man, he loves. I mean, he loves. Uh, and I thank God for when he came into our lives. Um, we weren't always so grateful. Sidetrack here. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, when, when, when he first married my mom, he's a Vietnam vet, you know, and, and at first he used to drink. And, but he was a weekend drinker. And we would say, uh, we, me and my oldest brother got together, and we said, you know, we always had to go on Saturday mornings to his friend's house and they would drink and be sitting there. And so we decided we're going to beat him up. And um, we and me and my brother had planned it. We said, we're just going to wait till he get drunk and then he, we're going to beat him up. So we were teenagers. And um, so we went over and he started drinking, you know. And I kept telling my brother, he ain't drunk enough. He ain't drunk. <laughs> so my brother jumped the gun and woo, I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I mean, <laughs> it was quick and effective, you know. <laughs> so, it, but I'm saying, I didn't say, but he loved. 
and he still loves. I mean, he tried to slide me money, and it's so uh, it's so funny. I we we do a lot for them. We give them things and stuff. And he said, "Y'all just do too much. I don't want no Christmas present. I don't want this." But and he tried to slide me money. I said, "I don't need the money. I'm good." But I I, I thank him for uh, showing me a, a deeper level of love, and I thank God for that. So our hearts have to be right. They have to be right. Uh, the Bible says in, in Psalms 24 and 3, it says, Who shall stand in his holy place? He that, have, he that have clean hands and a pure heart, who, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, who was not so self-conceited, all turned into self. And it goes on to say, not sworn deceitfully, that he shall receive the blessings of the Lord. And that's Psalms 25 and 21. So God wants to bless his children. Like I said, the Bible says he looks to and fro. He's roaming just to see who has faith, who's going to believe him, who can he use. That won't be so conceited that they think it's all about them. So we, we see that we must have integrity and uprightness. Uh, it says, uh, integrity and uprightness preserves me. So that tells me we have to have some character. That we have to let the character be formed in us. We have to let character be formed in us. And even in uh, Psalms 19.14, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. So even what we're thinking about, we want to make sure that it's pleasing to God. We cannot afford to be double-minded, as it says in James 1 and 8. We can't afford to be double-minded. Um, and this is a Kenneth Copeland quote here. So as we're moving and progressing with God, we need to find out the will of God. Once you've found out the will of God, confer not with flesh and blood. So this takes some actions on our part. Said so we need to find out the will of God. We know that his will is his word. So we need to know that. So, but once you find out what his will is for you, you're going to have to confer not with flesh and blood. Otherwise, you're going to spend some time praying, some time fasting. So many times we don't want to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth. We want to throw it on the pastors. So like, you know, can you tell me? But that's something that we need to be digging into to spend some time. Let it cost you something to find out what God's will is for your life. Let it cost you something. And it says the third point that Kenneth Hagin made, and this is in the same book, uh, Footsteps of a Prophet. He says, get it done at any cost. So if God has called you for something, told you to do something, we were all birthed into this world to answer a question to be a solution. 
And we have to diligently seek out what, what we need to be doing. Amen? Amen. So as God is bringing the church together, we have to make sure that our hearts are right and that we are paying a cost to do uh, the things that he would have us to do. And the key point is we must hate sin as much as God does. You see, because if we don't hate sin, we're going to find ourselves in compromise. Because we're going to be using God just like one of those slot machines in Vegas. Can you bless me today? Can you bless me today? But I'm going to do whatever. Can you bless me today? You know, but the Bible tells me that the spirit of the Lord will not always chime with you. He's not always going to be looking away. So we got to make sure that we hate sin just as much as God does. And we have to come to a place where I, that our confidence is in his word. And I was reading Job, Job 31, 24, talks about that. Uh, that his confidence has to be his word. Your obedience and your faithfulness equals the peace. And that peace calls you to receive. Uh, about a month ago, God had really, maybe about two months ago, God had really been dealing with me about contentment about being content, not being satisfied, but being content. The Bible says with contentment is great gain. There's great gain in being content. Uh, in, your, in your marital situations, uh, there's great gain to be content because God works in the power of agreement. Uh, so in every relationship uh, that you find yourself in, and your relationship with God and your relationship with the people in the church. Because the Bible talks about the bond of peace. That we can't be a person that's causing strife and division. So in every relationship, we have to see that our hearts have to be right. And that peace that happens will cause us to receive um, his blessings. And in Psalms, 50, uh, Psalms 15 and 4, it's one of my uh, favorite scriptures. And it says this, that you need to swear to your own hurt and change not. And like I started out saying, it's a lot of things that are happening. A lot of things that are happening. But there's also in the world, but it's also a lot of things that's happening in the church. And I believe in this time, what I see and what I see what God's done for me, it was a time of, of just slowing things down and putting things in proper place. There's a lot going on, but it's, it's almost like it's slow motion, though, that you can turn all different angles to see, to see what's there. So we have to make sure um, of that, that we're doing the things in this time that we don't get confused or, or turned around or allow storms to prevent us to go forward. Because 
I think in this time, God is blessing his people. And I think even more blessings are going to come upon us. They're going to come upon us. And also, as I was reading over 2000, uh, the vision for 2018, that whole aspect of honoring your vows. See, God is God has given us um, forewarning of what's to come. But we have to really be serious and seek out what God is saying, that he says to his manservant, to his woman servant, that he's, he's given us advanced information. I know a lot of you have heard me say that, but in saying that, you have to research. you got to take what's being said, and you got to go research that thing out. But you also got to keep account because as these things come to pass, it builds up more and more confidence in you of what God is doing in this house, amen, and in his body. We have to come to a point. And the scripture says this in Psalms 19.7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise, making the wise simple. See, it's in his word that we find that perfection that we're looking for. It's in his word that we find our answers to everything that we're going through. Um, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible is Romans chapter 6. Because... It goes against all the tradition that I've heard all through my life of nobody being perfect. You can't do that. You can't do this. And if you take a look at Romans chapter 6 in your spare time, you'll find out that God truly expects us to live a certain way. But we can't live that way without his spirit. So it's by the spirit of God that we're empowering us that we're able to live this thing out. Now, I'm going to give a, a quick testimony here. Now, the vision of 2018, and here it is 2020 now. Um, there was a time from 2018 to now that I felt like we were sowing in a time of famine, that these things had to be put in place. We had to have our foundation solid. We had to sew up the hose. That things just didn't run out, that your faith didn't just run out, that the money didn't just run out. You have to sew up those holes. You got to make sure that foundation is solid. Got to make sure it's solid. So um, God has really blessed over the time, um, started a business. And in the first six months, three months, in the first three months, um, I actually made more then in, in that first three months, then woo, probably in years and years, I, 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 I went, I surpassed it my wife's salary and she's a regional HR person. 
But God was showing me, it was almost like Gideon in Judges chapter 6, that I said, God, I, I was, you know, I was kind of waving. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this now, but you got to show me you with me. The first two weeks, I just said I made the first two weeks. The first two weeks in the business, I made 30 grand. So God was letting me know, I'm with you. You got to move because I believe in all my heart that we're going to be, uh, we're going to impact the kingdom of God without giving. And so I didn't know how that was going to happen, but the God says he'll bless the work of your hands. And he gives you the power. You know, he gives you the power. And so standing on that is I launched out to do, me and my family. And God has really been blessing. I'm very thankful for that. But a lot of times in this process that um, if we can turn to Psalms uh, 23. Because as God is birthing things, things do come up against you. You know, and as you're growing in the Lord, things do happen. But guess what? It only makes you stronger. When you put that seed in the ground, it has to bust through uh, the ground to start growing. And uh, Pastor Keith gives a great uh, example of the caterpillar, caterpillar, and turning into a butterfly. That when it comes out of that cocoon, that pressure of the cocoon pushing it out, that's what uh, develops the wings that the uh, butterfly is able to fly. So we don't need to run from hard situations. We just need to run to God. So uh, Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I put right there, I shall not stand in need. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The, the things that God has for us are great, but we just got to believe it. And if we believe it, there's a corresponding action that's going to follow behind that. But we have to believe. He leadeth me beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. As God speaks, uh, spoke through the storm when the disciples were going to the other side, he'll speak to those storms in your life as well. When is time? He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Like I say, God is looking, going to and fro, trying to see who can I, who has that faith? Who's standing on that word? Who's standing in the spirit of expectancy so I can show myself strong in their life? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. So that shadow of death, I just I always think about that shadow. A shadow cannot hurt you, but you can hurt yourself running from it. You know, I saw the shadow and I took off. I heard this noise in the dark. And, but these are just things that aren't real. God's word is the only thing that's real that will stand forever. And a lot of times, you know, I talk to people, and I just want to say that when these shadows show up, don't give up. Keep fighting. That it, God has an expected end for you. Don't give up. Keep fighting. 
remember, these promises, solid promises lead to solid peace. And now it goes on to say, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, the power and authority of your word, they comfort me. That we have the rod and the staff of God. We have the power and the authority. And not circumstances. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. See, God wants to increase in this house, in his body. He wants to bring us to a place of increase where it's overflowing. But he has to be able to trust you. We were looking on the wall. Uh, we had the TV installed, and they put a conduit there. And that conduit is just something hollow. But the power source flows through that conduit. You see what I'm saying? It flows through that. And that's what we have to be with God. We can't allow, as God is blessing us, doing things for us, increasing us, that we get selfish and we hold it all up there. That we have to release things. And we can't act like we don't see a need. If God has blessed us, he's blessed us to bless others. So there is a need. Don't act like you don't see the need. And then it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And I know I love his grace and his mercy. His grace that gives me the power to do. And his uh, mercy allowing me to do it. I find that in following God, it pleases, it pleases me, it pleases my wife. But it pleases him as well that I can be submitted to his will and his way. All the days of my life. And then it goes on to say, I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And at this time, you know, when I was coming up uh, in the Christian walk, we had a saying that if you don't understand it, put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf, you'll get to it. You'll come to the point where you, you will understand it. But in this day and time, with everything that's going on, I think we need to pull everything off the shelf. I think we, we need to adhere to every word that's coming over the pulpit, every, every scripture that we're reading. This is not a time to faint. This is a time to really be paying attention, but to utilize every weapon that God has given us. Amen? Amen. And it says here that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And you hear that argument. You think with everything going on that people are saying, and that's Psalms 14 and 1, that there is no God. That man has more faith in himself trying to deliver himself than he does with God. That's foolishness. And I heard uh, one uh, survey I read, and it was saying that the more educated that you are, the less you will believe in God. 
Now that's crazy. You would think that you would understand like how how the body works, the mitochondria, the powerhouse in the cell making the ADT production, you know, the, the energy for you to move, that you ain't doing all that by yourself, broken down to that level, and that God is doing all these different things. This ain't happenstance. This is all planned. God has planned all this. So it can't be not a God. Now, I was talking to a, a friend of mine as a physician, and he was talking about the fact of um, sterilization. The Bible talks about sterilization. How do they know how to sterilize stuff? That's, that's a God event. That was way beyond them to tell them to do that. It's so many things that was way beyond. A leopards, when they had the leopards, they separated the leopards from the people. How did they know to do that? It was God. That stuff, you know, that that's kind of like modern-day medicine that they learned all these things. But they knew that because God was telling them, I need you to do this for this reason. Um, we have to come to a place in our lives. And I was reading, like I said, I was reading the book of Job, and this stood out to me as well. Job 40 and 7. It says, Gird up thy lines like a man, and I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me and what that was saying to me that it's time uh, for the church as a whole to gird up the lines to stand in truth you know the lines are your uh, reproductive areas and that part should be covered in truth okay so if we look at um then they gave out the uh when was it ephesians 610, I believe it is. The weapons are, where it talks about, that's the weapons of warfare, where it talks about the shield of faith, the sword of the word. But the lines, the lines of, of truth, that should be around you so you don't fall into um, presumption and, and situations where that appetite would have you fall. We have to make sure truth is there. And truth, going back to 2018, that um, honoring our vows, that we have to return to honoring our vows. In Psalms uh, 9, 17, if we could turn there. Psalms uh, 9 and 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Put them... And fear, O God, that the nations may know themselves to be but a man. So as God is speaking to men, he's speaking to nations. That nations are not but a man. And that means that the power of prayer works on the nation as well. But we have to pray. All these things that are happening we have to be pray, prayerful. We have to spend time in prayer. For we know that all things are possible with God. And that's Mark 9, 23. All things are possible with God. We can't dismiss anything out. 
Put your trust in God in Psalms 31 and 1. In the Amplified, it says trust in, relied on, that, that when you trust in something, there's a corresponding action with that as well. That is not just reading words. You're going to move toward whatever it says do. And having all done to stand, you're going to stand because this is what God wants. This is what God is saying at this time. We have to stand on that thing. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, we could turn there. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. It tells us to be sober and to be watchful. So we have to be sober. We can't get caught up or, or drunken with anything of the world. We have to remain sober, have our minds clear, and we have to be watchful to stay in this peace that God has given us. We have to be sober and watchful to live in, the, and we have to live in peace with each other. That's Mark 9 and 30. It talks about keeping the bond of peace. We have to learn that we, in times like this, the body, the body is needed more than ever. And each other, we need each other more than ever. So we have to endeavor to keep the bonds of peace. You know, when I was uh, young, I had uh, two great-grandmas that stayed beside each other. Uh, one was a Cherokee Indian. She had long black hair. Um, and then the other was a Blackfoot Indian. But one thing I learned from them, um, they would always look at the sky. And they say, it's going to snow. The clouds are rolling. Oh, it's going to rain. This is happening. And I was always amazed that they could tell the weather. Well, the Bible talks about how can you tell the weather but not know what time you're living in. And Mark 1 and 15, I think it is, it says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And it tells us to repent and believe the gospel, to speak the word only. No matter what the circumstances are saying, we want to make sure that we're on God's side. We have to believe this gospel. We just can't talk it. We got to believe this gospel. And we have to be diligent and we have to persevere at this time. It's a must that Pastor Keith always talks about consistency. Consistency means a lot. You know, you're not up and down like his old song that the um, old time you say, sometimes up, sometimes down. You got to be consistent. You got to get to a point in your life. We got to get to a point in our life where we're consistent always. Uh, one thing about my stepfather, you know, he, his brother died um, last week. And um, I called him. You know, see if he needed anything from me. He said, no, he was fine. 
And uh, so we went to the funeral. And uh, even after the funeral, I called, checked back on him. You know, how you doing? You need anything? And I can tell you this, he's just level. He don't ever change. He's just level. Nothing upsets him. He's just level. You know, he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. He's just level. And I see that, and I say, that's, that's how we should be as Christians in terms of our belief and what God has called us to do. We should be consistent. We should be consistent in tithing so, it won't re so he will rebuke the uh, devourer for our sakes, that the, leaf won't, uh, the fruit won't drop before it's time. We need to be consistent, consistent in love. You know, that the, the, the people of old saw Christians, and they said, you knew there was a difference because the love they had for the one another, for the brother. And so we have to be consistent in that. And consistency brings growth about. We have to be consistent. And as I was, as I was reading also in Obadiah uh, 1 and 17, as I say, God gave me this scripture that I thought at the beginning that I said, that's an ending scripture. But he was saying, no, I need to let the people know what I have for them. But as I was writing out this scripture, it says this. But the church of God shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the church shall possess their possessions. So he's saying this this is this is this is this is something that can bring us peace that we know by being obedient being faithful that what God has in store for us that the church will possess it and possess it is a different kind of word it's not like saying somebody's going to give it to you it's like you're going to go take it in the 80s we used to talk about we're going into the enemy camps, what he stole. We're going to take it back. We're going to possess the land. And these are things that God has called us to do, is to possess, to take, not to ask permission for. The Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And we have to go take that wealth. They're not just going to give it up. For about the past week, I was listening to a song by Helen Baylor. And it says, all of me, Jesus take all of me. I'm holding nothing back. I give myself to thee. Although I may not know just what the future would hold, I ask of you to take all of me. And that's what we have to do. We have to give all of us. I always talk about <clears throat> that those, in some areas and, and uh, in people's lives that they don't want to be touched. They'll say, God, you can, you, can, you can handle that. You can have that. You can have that. But, oh, don't touch that. that that's my personal. You know, don't touch that. And we have to be willing to give all of ourselves to God not just pieces, because he wants all. Because it's only in your state of being totally um, given to God that you can give out all the things that 
he would have you to do or connect or give to the body. The, body, the Bible says that every joint supplies, that there's no lack, there's no schisms, that everybody's doing and, and providing what they need to do. Um, and now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before, before the presence of his, of his glory with exceeding joy. That this journey should be a joy for joy, a journey that we're taking. I think it is Isaiah 12, I want to say Isaiah 12 and 15. And the scripture says that it's with joy that we draw strength out of the wells of salvation. I want to say it's 12 and 15. Let's see. I think, yeah, 12 and 15. Okay. Well, the scripture is that you should draw Strength out of the joy out of the wells of salvation. Strength. Uh, it's Isaiah, maybe it's one and five. Isaiah 12, three. Okay. I had the 12, right? Isaiah 12, 3. It says, Behold, God is my salvation, and I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Also, he's become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall I draw water out of the wells of salvation. And water represents that strength that you're drawing. So this, shouldn't be, this should be a joyful walk. as because we know what the end is going to be. And as we read through Revelations, we should have a peace about the things that are going to happen, where we're going to end up at, and what God, God wants to do in each, in life that's represent, each and every life that's represented here and through the, his body. We must believe his word above all things. And as we do, he will prosper us, even if our souls prosper. But we have to believe his word. Amen? Amen. Now, also, I, I just want to add this, too, because this is something God gave me. Second Sam, sec, <clears throat> my mouth is dry. Second Samuel 22, verse 34 through 35. I had a dream it's about a month ago and I I was on this cliff and I, I was looking down I said wow if I was to slip that I would fall you know I would fall down it was a, it's a long way a mountain a high mountain and God was saying 
uh, and I think this is the word for the body as well, that he's going to make our feet like hinds feet. Hinds feet are those uh, mountain goats that walk on the edge, and they walk so, so far. I mean, they're not scared of heights. They're just making all these moves on, on little bitty cliffs like inches that they're walking on. And it says, and set on high places, high places, high places. High places are, are, are an area where God dwells. Uh, we see that in the kings, all through the kinglings, when they came in, the first thing they had to do, if he had a bad king, they had to tear down the high places uh, where that king had, where he had his altars at, to other gods, tear that stuff down. And it goes on to say, oh, thank you. And it goes on to say, um, testify uh, my hand to war. He's, he's going to make our hands to war. And, and this is the thing that I see. I'm just going to say how I see it. That what God is doing at this time he has to solidify his body. Uh, the, the body is divided in so many different fashions. God has said, I want to bring the body whole and, and set the body up where it's supposed to be so we can war like we need to war. And that war is getting those possessions and those other things uh, that God would have for us that we need to take that the enemy has stolen uh, from the church and from his people. And we can do it if we just trust in what he's doing. Amen. Amen. All right. And I, I want Marcus to, uh, to play uh, a little bit of that song because it really touches my heart. I mean, I've been playing it for like two weeks just over and over, and it just speaks to my heart. And, and when she says the part of, um, although I might not know just what the future holds, I'm asking you to take all of me. That it's not that, that, that we find ourselves in such a position where we're demanding of God, but we're just asking him, you know, to take all of us. Um, if you can play that for me, just that little piece. As an offering to you. I'm holding nothing back. I give myself to thee. Although I may not know just what the future holds. But I ask will you take all of me. Amen. Let's give it all to him so we can do what God has called us to do. Amen. 